The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Welcome back to Straight Talk. Another week has flown by. And as I always say, I'm very excited tonight on Straight Talk because not only do I have a very exciting guest, but I think that we have a topic that is so relevant to so many people. So by popular demands, first of all, let me tell you, my guest has been on before. It is the fabulous Tracy Deer. I'm going to tell you some of the um, official biography, but I have to say that the unofficial biography for me is even more exciting. The official is pretty exciting, though. Gemini award-winning director, producer, uh, Mohawk filmmaker. She has multiple credits to her name. She is a producer, a writer, a a director in both documentary and fiction. Um, Right now, uh, she is the creator of a show that is, I think it's on the top 10 list of all the shows that have ever been on in Canada. Is that true? I think I read that somewhere. Well, if you've read that, you have to send me that link because that is pretty cool. I'm pretty sure I read that. The show is called Mohawk Girls, and it's based a lot on some of the experiences that Tracy has gone through. She has also done a documentary or series, which I like to mention because she was kind enough to put me in it, called Working It Out Together. Um, she teamed up with Resolution Pictures to do a documentary, One More River, and one, sorry, One More River, the deal that split the Cree. Uh, let me see what else she's done here. She has her own production company, Mohawk Princess Pictures, and did a feature documentary, Sex, Spirit, Strength, and the youth documentary series, Dream Big, uh, both for APTN, huge network here in Canada. And she, as I mentioned, has been honored with two Gemini Awards, and she's er- earned acclaim from multiple film festivals. And I could go on and on, but I'm not going to. Here's the deal. Okay, now I'm talking. Okay, straight talk with Sandra Reich, after all. This woman, okay, professionally is a huge powerhouse, professionally. Her shows document the real gritty good times and bad times of life. Everything she has done empowers people to live like I always say, reaching for the stars. So that's what I have to say about her professionally. And when I first got to work with her, I did not know her. And I could tell story upon story. I'm not going to because we have things to talk about, about how she treats people on the set with that same respect and empowerment, not just about let me make a great TV or great movie show for ratings. She is much more than that. And how rare is that? Personally, I... You do what I love week after week, and um, you guys know about it. I try to, you know, teach people to live their best lives on the radio, in my practice, in my talks. And Tracy is somebody 
who has been an honor for me to work with because there's not one thing that she has come in and struggled with that she didn't go out and try it out try it out and see if she could make her life better and I'm sitting next to me and I could really choke up so if I sound really dramatic it's because it's really dramatic I am sitting next to a woman who has completely transformed her life in the years that I've known her I don't I don't know how many years that is I'm going to ask her okay but not that many and she has transformed her life and I think she's a testimony to the power of change. So those of you listening who think, well, change is hard and I have this terrible story, it's impossible to get out, help me welcome a woman who has proven that is not true, Tracy Dear. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Wow, Sandra, thank you so much for that intro- that amazing introduction. You know, it's really true. It's really true. I was thinking about the show today and I was thinking about this topic that we didn't really get to last time, this enabling. And I think back to when I met you and it could have been your middle name, yes. Tracy Enabling Deer. It could have been. I don't mean it meanly. Okay. No, it's absolutely true. I was, I was a master at enabling. You were a master at enabling. Okay. So first of all, do you know how long we've known each other? Because that would be helpful. I think we're going on, it could be between four and five years now. Four and five years. Yeah. Wow. And where were you four or five years ago when I met you? Okay, well, let's okay. Let's go through the order of operations. So the order of operations is I met you professionally first. We did we did the working it out together where you were helping people transform their lives. And to me, you were just this huge director, like celebrity. Which, by the way, I like to me like we have. I'm so honored I have this relationship with you. But you like for Americans listening, we have a lot of Americans listening. I don't know if they realize. Like, Tracy Deer in Canada is, like, beyond huge. Like, I don't know of anyone. You were just at the screen. What are those awards called? The Canadian Screen, screen Awards. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, the Emmys. I'm so, like, can you believe it? I'm, like, all nervous. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so, but let's talk about, instead of me just, like, fawning over you, let's talk about how, you know, when you did end up in my office, when you, I called you Tracy Enabling Deer, what had happened that you were in such bad shape? Like you talked about it a bit on the last show, but yeah. how, like, what does it mean that you were enabling a lot? What does that look like? Well, um, you know, the reason that I did reach out to you personally, we worked professionally together, and then I ended up finding myself in a very difficult um, situation in my marriage. I was crushed. I was torn apart. I I was putty on the floor. And I was spiraling down very, very quickly. And I have dealt with uh, suicidal thoughts in my past when I was a teenager and again in my early 20s, which I I did seek help for and and got through. But uh, at that time in my life, I I could see the signs. I was going there and I was going there fast. And I knew I needed to reach out. And we had worked together not six months before. You are phenomenal. Thank and you. I decided to reach out and say, hi, remember me? I, I find myself in a position where I really need help. Can you recommend anyone? I yeah. mean, I didn't even think you would, you would say, come and see me. Yeah. I just, I needed, a, I needed a recommendation, a reference. And you said, I, I need to know more first. Why don't, why don't you come in and we'll talk? And that's, yeah. that's where it all started. Yeah, it was supposed to be sort of like my idea was that we'd find out the problem and see what the, who would be the best match. Uh, but what happened is that 
in that first meeting, the word codependency came up. Um, and I remember at that point, once I explained it a little bit to you, we had to wrestle with if there's a way for us to work together because you wanted to continue very much down that path. Now, Tracy, codependency for a lot of people listening, we call it caretaking. It's more the everyday language of it. And I remember, and this, you know, while you were talking, I was thinking, she's getting a bit choked up and so am I. Um, I was thinking as you were talking, you were looking at me and I was looking down because I was thinking about this is another one of your qualities that I'm so in awe of is that there's a lot of people that go through things, but not everybody's willing to be so open and share and that's another thing I, I tip my hat to you. And right now you're doing that for people listening in Iran, Japan, China, all over. the. This is where we see people are listening all over the place. So I remember I said to you, because you were, you were crying that day too. And I said, don't worry, we know what this is. And you're going to learn it so well that you're going to end up writing a book or making a movie about it. And it's almost what happened. Yeah, it's a TV show now. Right, right. So why, what, what, what comes to these tears that are happening right now? What's happening for you? Are you on the same thoughts as me or somewhere else? No, I'm definitely, I mean, you're, you're taking me back to those four and a half years ago. And I'm just remembering the, the state I was in. And I did, I felt, I felt like my whole world was over and that there was no, there was no hope and when you said, I have great news, there's a name for this, and there's a way out of this, this is, this is totally manageable, we can, we can work this. And I am a doer, I like, I like having a plan, I like knowing a path that I can go on to get where I want to go. And I remember looking at you th- saying, wait, wait, you, this is a thing, like what I'm, where I am and the way I'm <laughs> I behaving, like this is something, it's, there's a name for this. And yeah, you, you just, you gave, you were the light, you were the light at the end of the tunnel. And I just, you know, I knew I'd just keep taking steps toward you, listen to you. And uh, I mean, it was all so new and so foreign from the way I behaved my whole life. And the way you were brought up. The way I was brought up. Yeah. So, so let's let's review what enabling is, mm-hmm. you know. So I, you know, I'd love to hear how you would describe it. And, you know, I can give a little bit of the psychological definition. If you want, I'll, I'll start so I don't put you on the spot like that. You know, there's nothing wrong with helping people when there's something they don't know how to do. But when we help people with something that they do know how to do and they can do for themselves – that is enabling so that everybody listening is clear because it's very, it's a very slippery slope because it starts really like I'm going to help my husband out. He's, you know, he's drinking a bit too much and um, he's, he's a little down. So I'll just take on a little bit more work to make his life easier. It sounds okay, but it's not. Is that how you would in, or how would you define enabling in your words? I think, well, that is, that is a great definition, Sandra. <laughs> um you know, I, I, it was masked for me as this is what love is, you know, to take care of everyone and to bend over backwards for everyone, to fix everyone else's problems. You know, if I could do that, it meant I was a good person. It meant I had worth. Uh, and this is what love was. So to do anything different to me felt selfish. 
Yeah, that's interesting because for people listening, that's very typical of caretakers. And that's actually one of the signs that someone is a caretaker if they feel that it's selfish to take care of themselves. So um, somehow in your upbringing and many of our upbringings, we learn that we have to put ourselves aside and take care of others. And so what, what happens is in your marriage and in anyone, it's not just your story specifically, is that unfortunately when we take care of someone else, then they learn they don't have to do the work. Right. And that's what happened in your relationship. So when I met you, you were just like, I remember, like, I remember you saying to me, you're going to be shocked when you hear my story. And I was like, ah, I hear stories all the time. And my mouth was pretty wide open by the end of it. I mean, here's this beautiful, brilliant, fabulous woman. And you were doing everything for everybody but you. Yeah. And often, and often, you know, what that included was, um, you know, walking all over me you know that was permissible that was that for me was a a sign of love letting that letting that happen um it's very very twisted you know now now where I am looking back yeah yeah so do you recall like I want to get really into this um do you recall what's the story you told yourself to sort of justify someone's because that's what people do okay they and they get stuck in this enabling thing because they justify it do you remember how you did it absolutely I mean a big story I told myself was I know better I, I know better than everybody else. You know, I, I, I put myself in this elevated position. Savior. Savior. Yeah. The savior complex. That's actually one of the signs of codependency is I know better. So if you know better, you're supposed to then take the responsibility in your mind. Yeah. And, and, and save them from themselves. Save them from making the bad decisions. And then, the, and then they have to deal with the bad consequences. So I'm trying to save everyone from their own mistakes. And then, and then when, they, when I happen to not have been able to intervene soon enough, they make a mistake. But then I feel like, okay, I need to fix all of this. Like I can't let them deal with the consequences. I'm going to save them. I couldn't save them from the mistake. Now I'm going to save them from the consequences. Yeah, I'm smiling because I'm like on my TV watching, which I talk about often on this show. (laughs) I've been watching Ray Donovan lately. I don't know if you've heard of this show and he's a fixer. Right. But he's a paid fixer. (laughs) You were doing your fix. Sorry, you were doing your fixing for free. And so if the person put their hand in the blender and cut up their hand, you'd piece it back together. So our work together, and I, I really don't even think that I should be included in this. Like I, I admit I was honored enough to be the person to coach you, but it was really your work. So your work was to learn to let go and to start saving the person who needed saving who was you. But how did you get there? Like, I know I was there with you. You told me to. <laughs> <laughs> you made me. Um, gosh, it was definitely a slow process. Okay. And it was an uncomfortable process. And it, it was step by step. I mean, you, you ended up giving me, I mean, I, what I, one of the things I love about cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what you specialize in, is the homework and yeah. the behavior change. Like I was able to leave our sessions and go home and actually practice it. You know, it's, it's one thing to hear it. It's one thing to, you know, become aware and go, oh, that's why I do this or that's what it is. But that's not going to change behavior. 
So you you sent me on this mission every week to make small changes that were very uncomfortable. I remember one is I used to have a lot of negative self-talk. I was I was very hard on myself and always criticizing and, and being judgmental of my actions. I needed to be perfect. And one of the things you told me was, okay, you need to become your biggest cheerleader and to do that, you need to stop the negative self-talk. And I needed to then become aware of every time I, I, I negative, negatively talk to myself. And so, okay, I turned it on. I started becoming aware of that. And, and I was amazed at how often I was calling myself down and, and challenging myself. Um, the big aha moment for me was uh, I was now living alone because I had separated. And I was used to buying food for two and all of that, I'd, I'd have a ton of food going to waste mm. every week. Mm-hmm. So I had to adjust to buying for one. Mm-hmm. And I promised myself, I was like, okay, you're not going to let any food go to waste. You're buying for one now, you know. And then I found myself in my fridge one evening and the, the asparagus was soggy and sad looking. <laughs> and I lifted it up and sure enough, it, it had gone bad. And I railed against myself for being so stupid and for letting it go to waste. And you said I wow. you said you wouldn't. And I'm 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 going I'm tearing myself apart over asparagus. Wow. And that's when I stopped and was like, oh my God. Yeah, that's a wake up call asparagus. <laughs> Look at how I'm talking to myself. And I would yeah. never talk to another person like that. Right. Right. So that's when it really clicked, the, what, what negative self-talk is. Okay. Well, you know, I want to go back to that shift in how you talk to yourself. And I want to, when we come back from the break, I want to, like, do the devil's advocate thing a little bit for the people who are listening who are saying, I don't see what's wrong. If I know better, why can't I just help someone? What is the problem with that? So we'll be right back with Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So I'm here with Tracy Deer, and we're talking about 
what I consider such an important topic. There isn't a week that goes by that I don't see this problem in my office, and it leads to disastrous consequences, which is enabling and caretaking. So I said when we come back from the break, I want to go back to her conversation, and I also want to go back to the – I know there's people listening who are going to say, and I've heard this myself many times um, – you know, Tracy was being very nice to other people around her. And we live in a society where we're often taught that that's what you're supposed to do is be kind to people. And she is a smart cookie. So the idea that she knew best, she probably actually might have known best. So I'm going to ask the question that I think many people may be thinking is, well, and I'm going to get her to answer it, not me, is, so what's the problem? She probably was right. Were you right most of the time with your, I mean, like, Let's be honest, you were probably right. You're a pretty smart cookie. Well, you know what, Sandra? My answer is I was right for if I were in that situation. Uh, good answer. For you. You were right for you. Okay. What would you say to somebody who says there is nothing wrong with being incredibly kind and you should put yourself second? I mean, you know, otherwise you are selfish, for goodness sake. Well, um, you know, I, I think what I've learned you know, all this help, all this quote unquote helping we do and protecting of those around us and saving of those around us. I mean, one, we were completely exhausted, but two, we're not letting the people around us um, grow. We're holding them back. We're not letting them make their own mistakes and fall on their own faces and then get up and learn from it and decide either I'm going to continue to do that or I'm going to do something differently. Like we're, we're actually doing a disservice to all these people we love by not letting them be their own people. I mean, mm. I, I, think I, I think I seriously suffocated, you know, a bunch of the people around me. And, um, and, and yet I, I, I rem- they let me remain around them because I was super useful. I cleaned shit up. Mm. But... I think I also really, really irritated them as well. It was a, it was a bit of a like a love hate yeah. relationship happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, when someone's fixing you, I guess you sort of like are very grateful that someone's there to fix you, but um, and it feels like a parent almost. But then you have a lot of resentment because you don't want to be parented when you're an adult. Yeah, you and want you want to be who you are. Okay, but what about what about? I'm going to challenge also the idea of what about. You, you know, you said that people have to learn from their mistakes, but what if it's, and I know people listening are having this question, I'm sure of it, is what if the person's about to make a mistake that's really going to hurt them and you see it coming? Uh, isn't it our obligation to warn them? Now, I know that we were talking about parenting on the break. This is a very big parenting question too, is, you know, do I, do I protect them? And, and, you know, I'm asking for adults because I don't want to put you in a difficult spot here. But your answer, by the way, is I'm going to bring it to parenting for a second, too, because it become, brings up resiliency. But how do you find the wherewithal? How did you find the wherewithal to sit back when someone you love is about to take a nosedive and not help them? And how is that right? Well... I, I think what everything I've learned is that like the only thing I actually have any control over is myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if somebody asks for advice or yeah, asks for help, then I am absolutely ready to be there and happy to be there. Yeah. But it's, it, we all, we all have our own choices to make. And if, if that person, you know, I, 
It's hard. It's certainly hard. And yeah, honestly, when I say it like that, I bet it's absolutely. almost tempting to say, yeah, you're right. <laughs> How could I not? Yeah. Oh, you're right. But And that's it. I mean, look, I, I call myself a recovering codependent. Yeah. It's this yeah. is how I live my whole life. This is how yeah. I was raised. And uh, it's it's still a muscle. I'm flexing. And I still find myself in positions where <gasps> I really want to jump in there and 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 save. Um, but I know that that, that that's, that's not I, – I know because I know that I'm not supposed to do that. Right. Okay. So then I'll, I'll go one step further. Um, it's like growing pains. Okay. So if you see someone you love about to make a mistake and they're not asking advice, the reason why we can't intervene is because don't you think, would you agree, people listening and you, Tracy, that the biggest lessons in your life have been when you fell? And so when we interfere with the process, it's a little bit like the um, caterpillar butterfly, sorry, butterfly, I don't think there's butterflies, caterpillar butterfly syndrome. If you interfere with a caterpillar trying to get out of the uh, cocoon, they'll die. Yeah. But they struggle and they become a beautiful butterfly. So if we interfere with the process and that question, do you agree that the, uh, for me, it's definitely been true, the most painful moments of my life where no one rescued me is where I had my biggest, biggest ahas and growth that changed my life into a life that I, I'm, I consider myself extraordinarily lucky and blessed every day of my life. Absolutely. Right. So that's the other thing is you're kind of saying, and it's very sweet what you're saying. You're kind of saying you did it because you were told you should do this, which is thank you for your faith in me. I really appreciate it. That's very kind, actually. But the truth of the matter is that we cannot save, we can't take that um, caterpillar out. Mm-hmm. We got to let the caterpillar figure it out. And that's why, because people can't grow. And that's not to say, as you said, if the caterpillar was a person and said, you know, uh, can you like a little finger, please? Not a problem. Okay. Now, while you were talking here today, and this is true, and you're going to think I'm just being nice to you because when I give you a compliment, sometimes I know it's still hard for you to receive. You know, I'm going to tell you that I just realized that, you know, I wrote a book obviously on caretaking because I'm also a recovering caretaker, as I think most women are. And I just realized that the book's called Once Upon a Time, and I'm not promoing it right now. I actually just had a revelation. It's called Once Upon a Time, How Cinderella Grew Up and Became a Happy, Empowered Woman. And I just realized that book is you. You're Cinderella. Our, it's you. It is you. I, I didn't realize that as I was writing it. But at the beginning, you were Cinderella. And now we'll mm. talk about where you're at. You're a happy, empowered woman. I mean, I think we have to flirt and let people know a little bit where you're at right now so they'll understand why even we would make a comment like that. I mean, you had some tears a while ago, and we're going to go back to talking about enabling and how slippery it is. But how's life these days, Tracy, dear? <laughs> life is very amazing. Very amazing. Very what does amazing. that mean? Well, I'm I'm engaged. You're engaged. I'm engaged to be married. Are you enabling your fiance? I am not enabling my fiance. Wow. You're happy. I'm happy. Uh, we're both, you know, continuing to learn and grow. We both we want to be an enlightened couple. We want to reach for the stars together. So And I happen to know your fiance and you guys are an incredible couple because I've seen you do work together. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you proposed to you during a retreat. That's right. Yeah. It was it was your first couples retreat that yeah. we were on together. Yeah. Because we love this stuff. <laughs> and uh yeah, he proposed while we were there. 
Yeah, well, that's why I said I just realized you're a Cinderella because you started in the rags yeah. and you were pretty down and out. I just really realized that, so I'm just putting it on the air, yeah. you know? The, the book is you. The book is you. You changed your life and you're, you're engaged to a man who works with you. You don't do the work yourself. Um, how do you feel about yourself these days? You said your self-esteem yeah. was pretty poor and you, talked to, you got mad at yourself over asparagus. Yes. How do you talk to yourself now? Uh, I am now my biggest cheerleader, and you know what? Even even when I do make those mistakes, it, they I've reframed, and it's it really is all about what can I learn from this. Okay, so on that, I said I'd go back to that too, and I hope you were able to take in that you're the happy empowered woman now. <laughs> you and you're on the radio so that other people can get there. I, I, she's smiling. You can't see. She's Thank smiling. You, so caretakers are not great at taking compliments. They're just, it's hard for them. It's hard for them to receive because they learned to give. And I relate to Tracy and I get uncomfortable and giving is much more comfortable to, for me than receiving. So it's also part of the process. So on that note, um, you talk to yourself in a kind way right now. You say you're your biggest cheerleader. So how does that work, you know, in terms of you have a conflict in your relationship? How does that work? I mean, the old Tracy would have, I'm assuming based on what you said, and I know, you would have figured you're the problem. Yes, and I would have given in and however I needed to in order to, um, you know, get things back on track because whenever it was not um, a sound partnership, I was completely thrown. My whole world was upside down. I couldn't work. I couldn't concentrate. Um, I was upset. And I, I always, I, I was always amazed to see people in conflict in their relationships, but and and letting it, they let it go. They yeah. like neither one wants to kind of cave, and they yeah. both feel like they have an important point that they want to stick by. That was not for that was not me. I, I had to solve it instantly. Um, I was very enmeshed in okay. my in my last marriage. So tell, tell people what enmeshed means. Well, enmeshed um, is I think when two people. Uh, well, well, well you at know, least one person, you know, com- they're, they're, they're... The, t- the two become fused, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's, no, it's a tango. It yeah. takes two to do it. They become like fused into one. Yep. My okay. existence, my existence, my every move, my every thought was very much tied up with the other person. Cool. And, and it wasn't always a negative thing, but it, it, it you know, it was, but it was all encompassing. Yeah, it can be very exhausting because, like you said, if there's a conflict, every, the house falls down. It's mm-hmm. funny. I was doing a pre-record today with um, – uh, do you remember the book Men Are From Mars, Women Are yes. From Venus? I was doing a pre-record with him, Dr. John Grace. He's still unbelievable and chock full of incredible knowledge. And he was saying that part of his learning himself was that you can't have a love affair until you have a love affair with yourself. Like y- your cup has to be full first. So, mm-hmm. and I think that's what's different. So if you have a conflict with your fiance now, how is it different? Like what happens to you? I guess, you know, I'm relating to with that earlier conversation that you st- feel good enough about yourself that you're not, you're like those other people you talked about that you're yes. not happy about the conflict, but you know, you and you and you are okay. Yes, I will be okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you did this through therapy, you did this through reading, you did this behaviorally, you're on the radio, someone is in trouble right now, okay? Yes, of course, getting professional help would be helpful. That's not always possible for people. And of course, reading a book is good, but not everybody, it doesn't resonate with everybody. What would you say were the steps that you took that really 
broke it down and started? When did you know this is really working? Well, I think it's happened numerous times over the last sort of four, four and a half years. Um, you know, I, I, the man that I'm actually engaged to, uh, this is our this is our second go at it um, because we did we we did start our relationship and it did uh, end up unraveling in in much the same way you know even with you you always told me I mean when I met you I was getting out of my marriage and I I needed to build myself back up and and I remember at one point you said okay Tracy you you got it. Now we need to get you into a relationship to <laughs> shake up everything you know because that's when you're tested and that's when it becomes like that's that's how you get to the next level. So I was feeling really great as a single person and then, you know, I, I did get into a relationship and a lot of my old behaviors, my old patterns and my my need to enable came back, although it was not as intense as before. So... I didn't, you were rec- tested. I didn't recognize it. Right. I didn't recognize that I was doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, it, I, I, I was, it, I was in a, you know, I wasn't doing it so extremely. Right. Uh, but it turned out to still be enabling, um, in the, like it kind of snuck back in, in my right. first serious relationship since my, my marriage. Okay. So let me, let me say a couple of things about that because it's very important. It's just, so just to clarify, by the way, you do not have to get into your relationship. Okay. The reason that I said that to Tracy is that the adage in psychology that we say is if you want to find out your dysfunction, get into a relationship because the truth is that being on your own, you don't always see your wounds and you see your wounds in a relationship. So when Tracy we entered a, re- a new relationship, and this is for people listening that are in bad relationships and thinking get re- getting rid of their partner is going to get rid of the problem. It will not. The problem will come in a different version. He'll look different or she'll look different, smell different. It will all be different, but you'll end up with the same problem. And so Tracy, I really appreciate her bringing this up because that's what exactly what happened, a different version of, and not as severe. But you found yourself slipping into that enabling and you found, you, you found yourself being very tested mm-hmm. because you were in a situation where it was a perfect setup for you to be an enabling because your partner was going through some difficult times. And so it's easy to fall back in, isn't it? It is. Okay. So you're saying that you found, and that must have been like, such a horrible feeling to find you're back in love again. A few months go by and you find yourself like, oh no. And that we've all, well, a lot of us have had that feeling like, oh no, how did I get here? How I'm did here. this happen? Oh, yeah. and you're telling me there was a breakup and I know the answer, but how low did you go? How horrible was that? How horrible was the breakup or how horrible did I feel afterwards? I guess I want to know what, you felt like, you know, you had found, you had done all this work in therapy, you felt like you had, you know, mastered, or at least were, you know, getting to a very high level of understanding, caretaking, enabling, and all of a sudden, the relationship fails for similar reasons, different dance, of course. What did you feel like inside? Well, I felt like a failure. I felt, I felt like I had failed I, I, I felt like the, the disintegration of, of that relationship was my fault. So you were back to blaming yourself. Yeah. It's asparagus time. It is. Yeah. And I remember, you know, our, one of our sessions where 
you said, where are you in this equation? Like, when, when, are, you, when, when are you choosing you? Uh, because towards the end there, I, I, again, I had disappeared. Yeah. And you challenged me to choose me. And it was very, very hard to choose me yeah. and, and walk away. Yeah. That chokes you up. I just, I really, I just, at the time, I really thought I could fix it with, with more patience and more love. And, and you reminded me that I, I can't fix a person. Right. So to remember that and then acknowledge it. And then there was nothing left to do, but, but say this, this doesn't work and, uh, and leave. And what I loved, I loved, I loved. I loved him. Yeah. In fact, I I loved him so much. I'm now marrying him. Um, but that is after you know another like big journey that we went through, and we found our way back to each other. So I th- this is so big what you're saying. So you've first of all incredible courage, but you said it, and I I really want to highlight it with a big highlighter pen. pen. You chose you. You walked away from someone you love because you knew you couldn't fix. These are your words. And you chose you. Mm-hmm. And you still got your happy ending, by the way. I did. But you had to choose you first. You had to let go to have that happy ending. And it could have gone either way. When you, when you choose yep. you, it does, there's no guarantee. There's, it's much more likely things will work out well. But would it be the same ending, do you think, if you wouldn't have chosen yourself? No. No. No, I know what that would, would have looked like because I was, I, that was my other marriage already. So, um, it was so, so hard to choose me and it was so hard to, it it felt like I was abandoning somebody I loved, but in the end, you know, if I had not chosen me then I was abandoning myself and which is worse if I'm abandoning myself like who is who's watching out who's who's taking care of me we used to say that often we used to say who's looking out for Tracy and so the time apart and he did his work and it was a great reunion we're going to take a short break and I'm really going to be curious uh, when we come back of how you've parlayed this incredible story into this amazing TV show Mohawk Girls I want to hear all about it and want people to hear all over the world to hear about it we'll be right back with Straight Talk with Sandra Rich. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So, you know, we're all, um, it's, it's like even on the commercial break, there's this, this, this feeling of like, I think Tracy's sitting back and just realizing what her journey that's the feeling I have. She didn't say it to me, but I could see it in her face like, wow. And uh, our wonderful um, engineer working on the show is listening, and he's having a, a wow moment. And I'm just like, she, she, her courage and the way she's transformed her life. I mean, it's easy to tell people that they can change a life. I've asked Tracy to come back. This is a second time because I think that I can talk about it till I'm blue in the face, but I think hearing how somebody actually did it is an unbelievable thing. Now, she's done... I want to make sure because she was on the show last time and we didn't get to talk about this. She's done a lot of amazing things in her film and TV career. Uh, but uh, I want her to let all our American listeners and our international listeners know about this show, Mohawk Girls. How did it come to be? When did it start? How do they find it? And how is this story? It's a lot of questions. Don't worry. I'll remember them. How is the story you've told today on Straight Talk relevant to the story you're telling on Mohawk Girls? Well, Mohawk Girls uh, is my current baby. Um, It's a half-hour comedy show. It's about four strong, complex female protagonists. They're in their late 20s, early 30s. Uh, They're Mohawk, First Nations here in Canada. They live on a, a reserve, or in the United States, they call them reservation. And this is where I'm from. I'm a Mohawk person. I grew up on a reserve. And... You know, with my culture and with our position in these bigger countries, it with that comes a whole lot of different types of pressures. And, you know, a lot of my issues growing up were, was the fact that I felt invisible. I felt invisible. I felt misunderstood. I felt like everyone had absolutely no expectations for me because of who I am. And I want people to know who we are. I want... Um, my people to not feel, I want other young Aboriginal kids not to feel invisible. I want them to know they have a voice. I want them to see themselves on TV. Now, all that being said, those are my, my big lofty goals. All that being said, I also really think television is about entertainment. So it's a comedy and it's really fun and it has sex and it has relationships and it has parents and it has friendships and it has big city versus small town um, is any of this journey of uh, caretaking and enabling uh, reflected in the show? Absolutely. So the four characters in the show are actually, I, I had to create them. And I thought I broke myself down into four quarters. <laughs> so if you watch the show, these four girls all represent a different, either part of me or a different part of my life uh, at various stages. Okay. And, and the whole show, I mean, the, the show is very autobiographical. Okay. And everything I've gone through and, and you know, like all the heartache and all the pain and, and, and I'm not talking just relationships. I mean, being a minority, yeah. being discriminated against. Um, is that, has that been helpful for you? Like as you, you created the show, is it, has it also been part of like your catharsis? It's absolutely been a catharsis. Okay. You know, I, I saw you recently and I told you how – I mean, because of because you've been able to help me unlock this and also walk away from this. Um, one, that's wonderful. It's wonderful to be in the position I am now—a happy, empowered, mm-hmm. 
strong, satisfied, um, in, what's that word when you're really satisfied with your work? Um, fulfilled. Oh, that's it. very that fulfilled. Um, but it's also really nice to look back and sort of take, take what you've gone through and, and, and do something creative with it, you yeah. know? Okay. So before we go any further, where can people watch this incredible show? And uh, by the way, let me, before you answer that, how has the show been received? Uh, the show has been received very, very well in Canada. We we were just up for four Canadian Screen Awards this last uh, last month, which is the equivalent to the Emmys. Uh, we didn't win any of them because we have a very big show we we're up against. It's called Shit's Creek. It's down in the states as well. So it's a Eugene Levy show. Great okay. show. Uh, but yeah, we've we've How had gracious we've you had, are. We've had critical acclaim, and uh, we're our audience is growing, and it's it's both. Aboriginal people and Canadians. And it's season three, right? We're on season three now, and we're about to start shooting season, season four. Three. Oh, season four! So, yeah. I think that speaks for itself. I, you know, it's yeah. almost a rhetorical question. The show is doing amazing. I'll say it for her. So, um, where and how do people follow this show? Because they'd be following you in a way. Mm. So, how do they do that? Well, right now the show is available. You could stream it online if you're in Canada. Okay, and that's at aptn.ca. Uh, we do have a distributor who is working on international rights uh, currently. We you can you can also watch the show the show in Australia, and I, unfortunately, I don't have news on uh, how you can see it in the states yet. So they can't download it, or Not there's yet. no way. Not yet. It's wow. geo it's geo blocked to Canada. Wow. But our distributor is working on it, and okay. I hope very soon we will have news. Yeah. It's an amazing show, and, you know, um, every episode I've seen, I do see you in it, and I see um, definitely what you've gone through, the things you've talked about here, and your entire um, life, and, and uh, you know, just the different challenges you've faced. And this comes back to you. We were talking about resiliency and growing pains and why we can't enable, and I see said I would bring it back to parenting so I'm going to right now because I forgot to do that is because the thing is of course I'm not going to let my child walk off a ledge and die but the thing is that it is um, and I, I, I'm relating this to Mohawk Girls because I think Mohawk Girls is your baby born out of pain though and it's a beautiful baby Yes, but it was born out of pain yes. a lot of it is born out of pain you couldn't have that creative vision. I've seen it myself. If you had, didn't know what it was like to be those characters and what they go through. Right. And so when we, when we talk about parenting, and you and I were talking about if, if one day we'll do a parenting retreat or if I'll do a parenting retreat, we talk on always, I was talking at two schools this week. We always talk about the fact that, and that's the ultimate challenge, right? Watching your kid do something that's going to hurt them. And I'm not talking about life-threatening, but know that they have to go through it to learn. And so that's where another form of enabling comes up and a very big challenge. And I know you're thinking about it a lot because um, I think in this relationship, there's a child also. There is. Yeah. So is that, I see you thinking a little bit about this parenting thing. What's, what are you thinking about, Tracy, dear? Well, I would one day also, I am a step-parent now, but I would also love to one day become a parent myself. And that stuff just freaks me out. Like, how do you know? I mean, all the parenting thing, I hats off to all parents. There's just so much to know and you want to get it right. And, and you know, one of these things that I've learned in therapy, right, is our parent, all of our parents do screw us up. 
<laughs> and it's and it's it's maybe a, it should be straight talk with Tracy Deer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And 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 you've always challenged us to deal with our stuff so that our kids we're not passing down the same issues to our children. However, we're going to make a whole bunch of different mistakes. Yes, there's no and, such thing as perfect parenting. And they will but they will grow up and and need to deal with that, not not the same stuff that we're carrying. Like we need to deal with our own stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, what do you do? Well, if they're going to, you know, if they're going to hurt themselves. First of all, I think like there's, there's not one answer. And I think that it's important if we're going to like flirt around with this topic is that really the research shows that the good enough parent is the best parent, not the perfect parent. So let's lose that. But I mean, you know, I'll share a personal story. I'm very open about it. You know, that my second child, both my children are adopted. And my second child, when he arrived, he was very frustrated because he didn't understand the language and he had been shifted around and he started headbanging. Okay, so, you know, here's an example, very personal. I can't believe I'm saying it on the radio, but you guys are so courageous, so I'm inspired. Um, here's an example of if I intervene and rescue him and say, oh, my God, you poor dear that you're headbanging, and that was what my heart told me to do, but not my instinct, um, what will happen? What, what will he have learned about headbanging? That when he does it, he gets your love and affection. Yes, so, so whenever he is right. giving your love and affection, you're he will good. do this You behavior. are good. Right. So then you he'll taught do- me everything I know. Oh, you're very sweet. You're very sweet. But you know what? I had to, like, I knew the answer for sure. I'm a therapist, but I had to actually call up my colleague and make sure because when it's your own child, it's, wow, it's hard. Because on the other hand, watching your child hurt themselves and not intervening, I mean, man, you're telling the story of walking away from the man you love. Okay. That took real courage. And- I'm going to, you know, I'm going to join you a little bit on that bandwagon and say, for me, it was very, very hard to watch a child in pain and not rescue them. But it is only through not rescuing. And I'm going to relate it back to you and your story. Okay. It is only in not rescuing your partner that you have the butterfly relationship now. Mm -hmm. And it's only in not rescuing my child that my child found another way to express his feelings without... Um, a dysfunctional way and without getting attention for a behavior that's not okay. So you have to always reassure people of love. And I remember, and I'm sorry, I'm going to definitely bring it back to you. I remember during your breakup, you never said to your partner, I don't love you. You said, I do love you. I do love you. I do love you, but this is not okay. It's the same thing with parenting. It's, I always love you, but this behavior is not okay. Or this situation, you got to find, you got to figure out a better way of doing this. This isn't okay. So it's a lot of ages, like age appropriate. So when you, uh, you know, I, 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 there's so much we, you know, I can see you're interested. Like we could have a whole segment on parenting and I think that maybe we should. We should. We haven't visited that in a while. And resiliency is built through those difficult times. But I guess I want to bring it back to a question to you, which I think will bring it back to the children too, which is when you and your partner reunited, okay? So he had done the work. Because we're getting towards the end of the show. He had done the work and I'm going to bring it back to the child. Don't worry, I haven't forgotten. And he had done his work and you had done your work. Was it, were you two the same people? Like, or no. was this like new dating almost? It was like Sexy. new, new dating. Yeah. I, you I'm know, it's, 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 it's like the core, the core of who we are is there. I mean, much of the core of who I am, this is what's so interesting is I, I think I was hiding it a lot before. 
you know, I was masking who I really was and I was giving people what they wanted me to be. I used to be really proud of the masks I would wear depending on who I was dealing with. Like a chameleon. Yeah. Yeah. And now I am only myself, which feels amazing. Um, But I... I think I'm in, I, I'm, in, I'm in a better version of myself. And I like to think I'm always sort of striving to become a better version of myself. And I can say the same thing about my fiancé. Right. So everything that, I, that we fell in love with about each other in the first part, you know, it was our wounds and our behaviors, our dysfunctional behaviors that got in the way and, mm-hmm. and ruined us. Mm-hmm. But when we got back together, I mean, that core that we still fell in love with was there. And But now we had the tools to not dance the dysfunctional dance. So no together. enabling and no victimization. That's right. And so you had a confused look in your eye when I was talking about my son, and I'm going to gift wrap it for you now, is that you guys did an adult version of what he needed to do is he had to figure out another way. And he is, I'm happy to say, so I don't want to leave that blank, that he stopped headbanging. He headbanged until it hurt. And your partner did something, did behaviors that didn't work for him until they stopped, until they stopped working. You did behaviors until they stopped working and you guys changed. And my son, I'm happy to say, is a happy, uh, you know, I mean, you know, you never know in life, but he seems like a fairly secure, he's all of five years old, uh, a v- fairly secure kid. I, I don't think he could even imagine headbanging no, as much as, you probably, and I'll be careful saying this, he probably could imagine headbanging and you probably could imagine enabling, but I bet you're pretty cautious not to do that. Yes. Yeah. Because I know where it goes. Right. And I think he knows that that's not going to get him, as you well said, the attention and love. And you know that enabling is an illusion of control. And you you really, you, you said you're here for me today on the break, but you really, I really want it for the listeners. And so the listeners he understand that it is an illusion of control, okay, is that when you were trying to save and rescue your partner or anyone else, it wasn't doing what you wanted it to do. So that's how it relates to children. I don't know if you understand what I mean, is that you, you, you sort of set them in the right direction, you put appropriate uh, boundaries and consequences, and they're really smart, and I think there were times you wondered if your partner will figure things out. I mean, you were, Tracy Deer wasn't there to give him the answers and to keep her mind. I remember you were very worried, if I may say, you were very worried maybe he'll forget that you loved him. Mm-hmm. Okay? But that's not what happened. And I have to give a shout out to your partner because I love him mm-hmm. and I know him very well. And he did, I want, I want listeners to be clear, he had to do his work. He could have said, well, she walked away from me. I can't believe this. It's not fair. I'm a good guy. And he was always a good guy. And he did his work just as much as you. So that's another thing we got to get out to people is that it does take two to tango in trouble and in good times. Absolutely. Tracy dear, you if, agree? If, absolutely. And if, you know, if, if he hadn't, if, if he didn't take the action he, he took to, to become his best self, to work on his issues, then we would not have found ourselves back together. Yeah. So you guys are getting married. Yeah. This year. Mm-hmm. And just to give you an example of the kind of couple you are, you're still coming back to another couple retreat. Yes. So someone might say, I wouldn't, but someone might say, well, if things are so good, and I can't resist asking you this question because there's so much stigma still on working on your couple. If things are so good, Tracy, dear, why on earth are you going to a couple retreat? Well, one can always 
aspire to to get better. And hey, it's great. Things are great, but it's two people, it's two two sets of values, it's two ways of doing things, it's one home, or in our case, it's actually a few homes. Wow. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of stuff to navigate as a as a couple, as a pair, and and yeah, I mean, we want all the tools out there in order to be the best, strongest partnership we can be for ourselves, for our children. For for our happiness, like this is this is wor- this is what's this is what it's all about. This is what's it's it's worth so much, and that's where I think that you're worth so much because uh, many could say you're living the dream. I mean, you're at the top of your game professionally. You're beautiful. You're smart. You're happily in love. Things are going so well. For, you know, from what you know, from the times I see you and what you've been informing me about, and yet you and and I wouldn't say and yet it's on on plus as we say here in Montreal. Uh, on top of it, you and your partner attend. Um, you know, learning, learning types of groups, you're going to come back to the couple retreat, you come to the empowered woman events. I think you're such an inspiration for people, because I think there still is such in my career, one of my sadness, biggest sadness is there's still so many people suffering, who consider it so shameful to go out and get help. So they'll only go get help when they're in desperate, desperate trouble, you're not in desperate trouble. And you still I love the way you said, you still want very much like why not make the relationship better why not become more empowered like is there and that's how I feel I feel the same way I feel in my couple the same way I feel like my my husband and I love to go to learning courses and Kripalu or whatever it may be why do you think I mean you you've got such a creative mind why is there so much shame and how how you know you grew up with a lot of dysfunction how do we find our way out of shame I mean part of the answer I know is that talking about it which you're doing for so many people today you're you're giving them that but you know how how did you you know not be feel embarrassed or like oh my god and especially you're in the spotlight well I did in the beginning I will say that I mean I like the first first time I got therapy was in my my early 20s and I felt terrible about myself I didn't want anyone to know I was so embarrassed I was ashamed something was wrong with me why can't I fix this myself especially I was some expert fixer you know in my own mind but once once I, I became aware that I guess once I saw how helpful it was, I couldn't imagine it not in my life. And I, at that moment, I just thought, wow, everybody needs to get into therapy. How could we not? It's like the biggest gift you can open for yourself. And you're giving that gift today to so many people. And you do it with Mohawk Girls week after week and everything you do. And so you are a gift, Tracy, dear. How do people find you if they want to, you know, communicate with you or get in touch with you? How do they find you? Do you have a web page, a Twitter, a Facebook? Let us know, please. Well, I do. My company has a website. It's called Mohawk Princess Pictures. So you can go to that, mohawkprincess.com. Okay. I'm on Facebook. You Tracy, could, dear. You could look up my name. Um, you're on Twitter too. Mohawk Girls has a, tw- a tweet, Twitter, Twitter site. I do yeah, believe. Yeah, and I, I'm on Twitter as well. Yeah, I mean, look, you can Google my name, I and a whole bunch of things will with, pop up. Wikipedia page. I'm very <laughs> impressed with that. I, I love that. Yeah, 
Google her name. Tracy, I cannot thank you enough. I, I get the pleasure of getting to hear you and be part of your journey all the time. But thank you for sharing and having the courage and allowing others to not feel uh, shame or maybe take dialing a number today or taking out or watching Mohawk Girls or taking out a book and reaching for their stars. So thank you so much for joining me today. Always a pleasure, Sandra. We'll see you next week. This is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Keep your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and will tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.